Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChumbaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. You're listening to the IFL TV podcast in association with Lonsdale MTK Global, sponsored by William Hill. This is Coogan Cassius for IFL TV in association with MTK Global. We're in New York City, yeah. Madison Square Garden. I'm joined by Anthony Joshua. Just Anthony Joshua? Yeah. Well, we did say, well, I did say to Coogan before the interview starts, cut out all the title stuff. Just the name's fine. What's interesting with your interviews? Do you ever want to do like a um? Do you ever want to get more like the PR savvy out of people? Or do you like the in-depth, real? Define PR savvy. Because like, okay, there's certain things that you do say in public, and certain things that you do say when you're on like a, a family-friendly show. But you get sometimes the opposite type of interview out of people, where stuff that you'll say in your living room or certain words that you would use that you wouldn't use in public TV. So what in, do you ever want to go down that route where you kind of tighten up on what people are saying or do you like the freedom that people have when you interview them? I like people to say exactly uh, what they want to say and how they want to say it as opposed to... <clears throat> you do, you talk to me differently than you would talk to whoever. It could be Sky, Desire, anyone. So does that mean that you're calling me fake? No. I'm saying you talk to me differently, I'm but... Joking. Yeah, it's good though, I was wondering because everyone's relaxed around you, do you know what I mean? Mm. So you get, a good, you get a good interview and um, good content. But remember, obviously I've been interviewing you for nine years nearly. Crazy, isn't it? Day one. Day one, baby. Day one. To this day! It's been... Uh, has it been a disruptive couple of weeks for you or not really? No. Why? I'm only a product of the people I've got around me. You look back in, in like sports, let's say for instance when Fury had his issue with Klitschko when he needed to defend one of his titles in a period of time or he would have been stripped. Your management team, um, when I had the issue when 
Pulev pulled out of the fight. Um, we had Takam training for his fight in Monaco the week after, but we had him on standby. This situation, um, I, had good, I got good people around me. I chose to have good people around me. These people chose to be around me and represent me in certain aspects as well. And it works out well. Of course, it would have been ideal to have got Ortiz to fight on short notice, um, but it didn't happen. And I think a good challenger in that is uh, Andy Ruiz. And we're here now and the show goes on. So that's the main thing. I just want to backtrack a couple of weeks ago. So the initial point where I'm assuming Eddie Hearn would have rung you and mm, told you mm, that Gerald mm. Miller's failed, failed a drug test, yeah. a Vada test. So what was your kind of initial response to that? Initial response is who's next then? What are we doing? As simple as that? Yeah, because if he's, Eddie's not going to call me and banter and be like, oh, I was only bantering, mate. You know what I mean? <laughs> he's a busy man yeah, himself yeah, and he ain't yeah. going to waste my time either. He's a straight, straight up guy. So he was like, listen, I need to speak to you. Are you alone? I said, yeah, yeah, all good. Um, and he goes that Miller's failed a drug test. And I said, all right, what's the situation? We've got to find another opponent. Okay, well, the Miller fight was a good one. There's been a lot of animosity and people are interested in it. So I kind of spoke to him and I said, I feel like the next credible opponent on the list is Ortiz. So he said, all right, cool. So obviously he speaks to my trainer, speaks to my management team. But coming from the horse's mouth, that's what I kind of said. I said, look, this is the next best credible opponent, um, in my opinion. Um, then we went down a short list. So Ortiz and you have to have the option A, B and C. And thank God we did because Andy Ruiz is the one who finally put his name on the line. And um, the fight's going ahead June 1st. And this is where we're at right now. So your initial response is failed a test. We were still waiting to sign a bit of clarity whether he could actually fight or fight not. Still, yeah. Two days after, two more subsequent tests failed yeah. them. So now you know the fight ain't happening. I know the fight. So ain't what? What is your opinion about that situation? About oh, with the drug test? Yeah. What's my opinion about the situation? Look, like I said, I don't want to knock him when he's down. I know how tough life is, and he had a good opportunity. So sometimes. That lesson that he learned is more valuable than these titles or his paycheck, do you know what I mean? Because what he can take away from that situation will build him into a better person and he'll be able to teach someone um, to avoid some of the mistakes that he made. So he has to go on and turn this negative into a positive in my opinion, do you know what I mean? He made a big mistake and he's got to kind of reverse it on his head and make something out of nothing in my opinion. He had a great shot, he had the best shot in the world. He had one of the best opportunities in the world. And um, he has to turn that into a positive now. What, what do you kind of think, if you could, not second yeah. guess a reason, but why, why? He, he was in that situation? Why would you say so, that, that happened? What, what tends to happen, right, boxing's a backward sport in the terms of, let's say I sign a contract with a football team, you join Manchester United or who, who do you support? Arsenal. You join Arsenal, yeah? So you, you join Arsenal, you have your trainer, your technical coach, your nutritionist, all under the Arsenal banner. But when I turned pro, all I had was my promoter. Do you know what I'm saying? So when I had my promoter, that was it. Then I had to go out and find your physio, I had to find my own nutritionist. So what I found myself doing sometimes is, I was training in like normal gyms, listening to the bodybuilder down the road or listening to the boxing expert who's my next door neighbor. And you just take in all this information. So I think Miller might have been around people who wasn't as experienced in the terms of what you're allowed to take and put in your body. And he might have made genuine mistakes previously, built up a full sense of confidence and kept on using certain substances to the point where as he got to an elite level, you can't hide, bro. You know, 
in every aspect you're you're scrutinised. What you weigh. Look at they're on to Ruiz. He doesn't. He he's been doing well as a pro, and everyone respects him. But as soon as he steps up to that world level, you don't look good. Your hands are slow. You're this. So you're under immense pressure. And I think Miller, with the pressure and the eyes on him, um, from the governing bodies, the VADA testing, the drug agencies, they pick you apart to the point where you can't live a private life and that life that he was trying to live taking tablets injecting injections and whatnot privately it will come to the forefront what do you think should be the case with Miller as in terms of what but happens the, next the case with Miller I don't know I don't know do you know what I mean okay ban it for life it's one thing saying it, it's another doing it but what I think the situation should be in my opinion is it needs to be um, made clear the consequences that happen when you take drugs, the consequences that happen when you miss drug tests. It, should, it shouldn't be a situation where it's like, all right, Miller's failed a drug test, let us have a board meeting and discussion about what will happen. That shouldn't be a case, it should be, if I take this, this is the outcome. It shouldn't, so WBA have come back and said, I think, I don't know if it's true or whether it's just a post that someone's posted, six months. Yeah, so, yeah. so I don't know which if that's doesn't confirmed. really mean anything because all it means is that he's not eligible to kind of be in their rankings for six months or challenge for any version. But it doesn't of mean WBA that he's title. banned for X amount no, of time. No, could, he could fight under another like governing body or whatever. So that doesn't really mean a lot. So this is what I'm saying is that we need to know exactly what happened. So before you make a certain decision, you know the consequences. That's what I'm. So there's certain things that when I was doing, when I do, let's say I was doing crime, um, there'll be certain things that I wouldn't do because I know. Hang on a minute. If I get caught or I mess up, I'm I'm effed. So I know before I make that decision what the outcome's going to be. And I think that should be the same mindset when it comes to these anti-doping charges. That it shouldn't be just made up on the spot or some some people sit around the table and decide what we're going to do with them. It should be this is the mandatory decision if you get caught for XX and it. It should be easy. This is what you can take and this is what you can't take. No in between. No in between. No, that's, that's how I live my life. I get drug tested and I get my results back and they're negative because I know I can't take stuff that is gonna bring my results back positive. Straightforward. Why do you think so many fighters uh, put the, the vibe out there and suggest that you're taking heads? Physicality, 99. <laughs> That's why. Because I've just been born genetically gifted. It's just physicality, innit? But at the end of the day, what I believe, like Ruiz, is that um, aesthetics-wise and physicality doesn't make you a good fighter as such. Luckily, along with the physicality, I had born with heart and a spirit that will fight. Do you know what I mean? And um, so I'm blessed in that sense, and that's how I've managed to navigate my way through the heavyweight division. So I think that's why people tend to think that I might be on something because it's just not so much the fighting spirit in the heart because I've got that, Ruiz has got that, um, Fury, but in terms of like aesthetics, I look different to a lot of other heavyweights. Someone in the, when I was out the other day, they actually said to me, and they said, uh, hey Joshua, he's got to be on something, hasn't he? <laughs> and I went, do you know what? I said, uh, he, funny, he went, they went, you must know. I went, one thing, I wouldn't know. Yeah. Secondly, all I'll say is, the kind of position you're in, yeah. he wouldn't. All I know is that he wouldn't be that stupid. That's yeah. that, that's the only thing I say because I, I can't. No, because why, why, why people would probably assume it is because you've looked at some of the best athletes in the world and um, and some even on, on Netflix. What's that interview where you have the uh, European team, Russian team, that they documented about? Well, I haven't seen it. But. I can't even remember it, but 
I think why you know it would be very stupid of me, but people would assume it because I know people who have been in higher positions than me have still Course. made the yeah, mistakes. So true. do you know what I mean? Very I think true. people I'm no different to them, I'm not a god compared to these guys, so we're on the same playing field, which I can understand, but I don't need to inject or take tablets that are against the policy of the drug testing agencies that I'm under because the result will come back that I don't want. And the result of that is I'll be banned from boxing what I don't want. So I choose to stay on the straight and narrow. I know the consequences of my actions. Would you ever entertain fighting Gerald Miller again in your career? I would have fought Miller on PEDs. Um, really? Yeah, because it's, it's a fight at the end of the day. It is what it is. I don't think so. If that fight me. could have gone ahead, you would have had no issue. No issue. What Miller chooses to do, or the governing body chooses, nothing to do with me. As long as I can crack on and do my job. I don't think he could beat me on PEDs anyway. It would have been a good fight. It would have been a tough fight. It would have been a good fight. Yeah, because I, when I was sparring, I had some physical big guys weighing about 300 pounds. They're, they're good on the inside, heavy. You can't move them. Stuff like that. So you don't rule out in the future if he sorts his situation that that fight ever come up again for whatever reason. It looks unlikely at the moment, but I'm saying in the future if that come up because of the situation. You know, just I, was, I was looking forward to punish him. I was looking forward to punish him, Miller. To be fair, um, but look, if it's a fight that was to go ahead, I wouldn't turn down an opportunity to fight anyone. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, why not? Be optimistic about the situation. Absolutely. Yeah. What was your thoughts on Luis Ortiz turning down two offers? Odie Hearn told us what they were, six and seven million dollars. Why do you think Luis Ortiz turned that down at what five, six weeks' no, notice? I take everything with a pinch of salt. I don't want to. I don't, I'm not here to make a name off of anyone. Like Wilder's called me out for how long, and he ain't fought me. Like, but he's made a name off of my back. Um, Dylan was calling me out. I want a world title shot. I don't. I don't I'm not here to like disrespect Ortiz or anything like that, or make him out like I'm gonna just offer Ortiz a fight he takes and I'm gonna smash him. I wanted to offer him a fight because um, it was a good challenge and someone who could test me. Um, but however, um, they, they turned down a lucrative offer. I don't know if they were trying to hold us to ransom. They wanted more out of the deal, um, but they turned down the offer for for, for reasons that I don't know. Look, these people have got smart people around them um, and whatever decisions that they choose to make is far beyond my knowledge. But in my opinion, when I had the opportunity to fight for the heavyweight championship of the world, they come to my territory, fought on my broadcaster and I had to do all the PR work and stuff. I took the short end of the stick because I knew what it meant to get my hand on that title. So when I was called out by the heavyweight champion of the world, I said, Rob, look, I want to take this with both hands. He said, Josh, it's your 16th. It's going into your 16th fight. Once you fight for the title, there's no chance of coming back. I said, yeah, but I want this opportunity because I want to be champion of the world. And we took it. So when people are being offered to become heavyweight champion of the world and, ah, oh, it's not enough. Ah, oh, I ain't got enough time. And I'm thinking, it goes against what I stand for or what, I, what my values and morals are. So I don't know why he would miss out on the opportunity because it's what everyone dreams of at the end of the day. It's what dreams are made of. That was, I think, in everyone's opinion, and including yours, you, you, you said that was the first name that you come out with, you wanted yeah. Ortiz, but you have, once he kind of put himself out of the picture, you can't dwell, you need to move on. That's so, what I'm saying, like, yeah. and I, but in a way, like, my only thing that, not, not annoys me, but is like, when I spoke about when, when Wilder mentioned my name after he fought Bermain's Tavern, or I think it was after I fought Takam, um, and he's calling me out in the ring um, after his fight, when we went and made offers to Wilder and stuff like that, or like we made the offer for Fury to fight April 13th at Wembley and stuff, or when I made the offer to fight Ortiz, I don't think Eddie means it in a negative way when he's like, he gets pissed off and stuff like that. I think he's just saying like, 
Anthony's keen, like he wants to test himself. And when people are saying like, oh Anthony, you don't want to fight this one or that one, I don't really get involved in too much of it because I know where I stand with it. And I know the, the reality of the situation. I think that the situation with Ortiz kind of brought it to light that we are making lucrative offers, um, financial offers that people have never earned before to fight for these titles as well in front of some of the biggest and best audiences. So why would they not want an opportunity? And I think it baffles people because they can't get their head around it too. So they revert it back to but, me. But that's say, why we should know all this stuff, isn't it? So we can kind of, because otherwise- but It's weird though. When, when, I, when we do talk about it, it goes in one ear and out the other. So I, I haven't mentioned it before. It's not but like, when you were actually talking about Eddie Hearn come out and said after all teasers said the team said that you've been lowballed or they'd been lowballed. That's what so they said, said, yeah, so they said that we gave them a lowball offer. Yeah. And then it's like when you look at the reality, five hundred grand to six million, that's a very lucrative offer, not a lowball offer. So as I said, I don't want to like dwell on that situation either, but I know within my heart of hearts where I'm at, and when I see these fighters I can look them clean in the eye without no like um whatever the word I'm looking for in my heart I can just be pure because I know that I've tried to reach out to face the best however with that being said it doesn't mean that these offers are now set in stone and we're never going to fight these guys it just means that it wasn't the right time for them um, and they'll come back to the drawing board at a later date but I hope they come back with a plan and um, what they really want because it will be a good a good uh, contest for me the fans and themselves as well when you hear Deontay Wilder's latest comments about <coughs> Um, unlikely that this fight will happen in 2019 that there's a plan they've got there and even if but we've been dealing with this for the last no, time no no but when is that what, what does that what make you is, think what does that tell you then it is what it is not frustrate you at all or? of course it is but it is what it is I couldn't I don't care what Deontay Wilder does I wish him well I want him to do well the better he does um, the better it is for me do you know what I mean my success is partly his success and his and my success is partly his and vice versa the better Tyson Fury does the better it is for me because people say oh, Joshua can't beat Fury I know I can and then people want to see that type of fight I that's asked, how it goes sorry and I asked yeah. you before I think it was about a year ago and I said to you if you weren't to fight Fury or Wilder in your career and to retire would, would that kind of would you have a regret over that if, if those fights were never made which probably won't happen it, they yeah, probably yeah. will get made but if you didn't and you said that that's you were kind of saying no you wouldn't have any regrets and that's how it would be but I how, think that's probably my outlook on life though because I know one day when I'm like, I just always say like one that we're all going to die in it so I'm going to be dead and it's going to be like 200 years from now and no one will really remember that type of stuff but at the minute yeah I want to fight Fury of course if I'm looking at it now and in the next 10 years of my career 100% I've got to fight him but if he kind of decided to retire in a year or two and I didn't get the opportunity. I can't dwell on it and I can't ruin my life, the rest of my existence on this planet because of Tyson Fury. I gotta just live my life what it is, innit? So that's like my outlook. What I'm saying is that's my outlook on life. We that's know, how I see it. Sorry, mate. We know that obviously DAZN want you to commit to them on a kind of a long-term deal. Uh, but, but a 365 mil at Canelo. <laughs> I might have to, do you know what I mean? <laughs> but if you had to go on to an ESPN to fight Fury or a Showtime yeah, to ESPN, fight Wilder... We can, we can uh, entertain those conversations as well. No, but you're willing to do that if you had to go on to... It's all for life, man. I'm trying to clickbait. <laughs> I'm asking you a question. If you had to go to one of the other networks to make that fight, is that something that you would consider? 
Look. I can say yeah, because that's a fighting man. Yeah, of course. Why not? Why not? But? Uh, there is no but, to be honest. I don't think there is no but, but why not? That's the thing, but why not? So that's what I'd ask Eddie. Joshua wants to go to ESPN. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you trying to clickbait? <laughs> it won't be the title. No, but you know what I'm saying though? It's like, uh, exactly that is like, um, why not? If Eddie said, look, they want you to fight on this broadcaster, and then, um, but we don't want to, I'll say, but why not? Why can't I go there and fight Wilder? And, it has to come, and he would have to come up with a reasonable reason as to why it's better for me to fight on a broadcaster that I'm aligned with or something like that. That's the only reason. That's what I'll ask you. Why not? Why can't I go over there and fight? But he, he, Eddie has, and his team have not blocked me from getting to that position of becoming But obviously they want the you to stay on Sky Sports and DAZN. But, but that's what I'm saying. Being on Sky Sports and DAZN hasn't blocked me from getting all four belts. So why would it block me from getting the last one? That's what I'm saying. So if it was to block me, if being on Sky or being on the zone was to be an issue, I'd say, but why? That's the only but I'd have. Why is it an issue going over there? And why would it be an issue for him not to come over here? Look, it, what, what I'm trying to say in is all analytical and my riddles is it shouldn't be an issue. And the reason why as well is because in previous history, there's been many fights that have been um, broadcasted on different broadcasters so it shouldn't be an issue at all will your next fight after this be here or at home uh potentially at home yeah like i said yeah like look that's my home soil you know what i mean it's not like i've been like cheers london you've done everything i need i'm gonna do that so yeah potentially be back on, it, on UK if this usec mandatory gets called 100 percent. you're up for that 100 percent down like Bobby Brown. There'll be no talk of you vacating that belt. No way. Not to fight you, sir. No, no exactly. I've never actually thought of vacating a belt for all that. That's all that political stuff. Wait, two years down the line. And Joshua vacates heavyweight <laughs> championship in the world. Wait, I'm going to find that clip done with Google. <laughs> this part of the cool. <laughs> Nah, listen. But you six got no. his debut coming up at heavyweight. Fight, fighting well. talk, nah, definitely. I wouldn't, I wouldn't vacate, and I'll definitely fight you six. Yeah. He's fighting Takam, obviously someone you know very well, on yeah, his heavyweight yeah, debut, so, yeah. which is in a couple of weeks' time. Good but, luck to him. Yeah. Good luck to him. He's a good addition to the heavyweight crop, for sure. Very talented. And that's a good name. So, like, for instance, if he was in the heavyweight division and he wasn't making his debut, if it wasn't Ortiz, we could have, like, been in conversations with someone like Usyk, because the zone wasn't a good fights on their platform as well. Broadcasters, they need... They, look, at this stage where I'm at the minute, a broadcaster can't have me fighting Joe Bloggs from my estate. They need... Is he any good? <laughs> probably, he could probably fight for a round, but after that, it's a different kettle of fish, because this is a science. What I'm just saying is that like the broadcasters need solid uh, fighters as well, so they would want someone like a Usyk. They would push for the Usyk fight. They would razzle up all the finances they can to get that type of fight. That's why people are getting made lucrative offers, um, because these broadcasters want the right fights. Andy Ruiz. Obviously, for people that don't know Andy Ruiz, may look at Andy Ruiz and think... It's wrong, though. I know, but I'm just I saying, for the casual fan who has never watched Andy Ruiz, if you're yeah, just yeah, watching, yeah. looking at Andy Ruiz, what, what's going on through your head as a, as a fan oh, if you oh. haven't? And Joshua's going to smash him in a round. Joshua's going to smash him in a round. But if you've seen Andy Ruiz fight, you know that it's People complete, don't look at that, though. Because yeah. I think, they like, from the outside, it looks like anyone can box. So from the outside, it seems like anyone can box. So they think, how is this geezer that don't look like a fighter able to box because it assumes that anyone can box then. 
you know what I mean? But that's what I say is that I always say you put 10 aesthetically sound guys in a ring, yeah? I would, I would assume like you go 10 bodybuilders from a gym and put them in a ring. Not all of them could go on and be championship level contenders in, in boxing. Because it ain't about what you look like, I think. It's about what you have there and what you have here. And I think Andy Ruiz has shown that he has that. So the man can fight, he can box, and that's all that matters. Like, put me out of this body, same attributes, um, same like height, whatever, but just the body shape, same jab, same chin, same whatever. But I was just, I looked a lot different. Um, I was still, you'll still get to the same position. Don't let the looks fool you. Do you know what I mean? It is what you have within yourself, how your genetic system and your kinetic chain works. And his works perfectly fine to get him to world championship level. And he took the fight. That's <laughs> what I was going to say. And most importantly, yeah. he probably took the fight. Yeah. So he's keen, he's game. You can't, you can't knock the man. He is game. I mean, like I said, anyone who's seen Andy Ruiz fight, he lost a close decision to Joseph Parker in New Zealand. So anyone who's seen Andy Ruiz fight know that he can fight. Yeah, he got he's got hands. And look at the look at the fight that Joseph Parker gave Dylan. Mm. And people came that Dylan can beat Wilder, be a championship. So Ruiz is championship level as well, for sure. I don't discredit Ruiz one little bit. Fair enough. What um let me ask you something a little bit off topic. Um, what did yeah. you make of these comments made by Barry Hearn recently. Did you take any offence to that? So in terms of the situation with Barry Hearn, I feel like you have to be very selective about the words that you use. So I think in terms of Barry Hearn, he should have been selective in the words that he used. I feel like Dylan didn't need to address the situation there and then because it would have been like an impulsive reaction. Um, but he handled it the best way he could have. However, I feel like it would have been good if Dylan could have sat down with the likes of yourself with Barry and asked Barry to explain himself that little bit further to educate the people what he meant. So what I think that he would have meant by that is that years ago it was a situation where I would take the bulk of the money and the fighter would kind of work for free, for instance. So what he called as a slave trade. But I think it was a wrong term to use. And what he meant to say is that now Dylan takes the bulk of the money and now I work for Dylan. But in terms of the slave trade, that is the main headline clickbait that got used in my opinion so I think that what what needs to be said is um, Dylan and Barry should have had a conversation publicly about that situation and then Barry should have explained himself further and explained that whether he did or whether he didn't mean it or whether he didn't being honest and said this is what I meant by it and then it would have clarified where he was coming from rather than it being a situation where it was left up in the air. Okay. Well, I know Barry Hearn very well and um, I've, I've, I've known that he's not a racist, you know? So I think in terms of the, the slang he chose to use was wrong and it will rub people up the wrong way. However, he was just trying to explain that Dylan has used his smarts and used his business skills to be in a position to take the bulk of the money and let the promoters work for less when it used to be the other way around. Listen, I, I completely get what you're saying, and the, I think on Barry Hearn's behalf, there was absolutely no kind of harm intended, but the way people can read oh, things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, yeah you've got 100%. To be, apparently, you've got to be PC in this morning. And age. that's what I say is that with Dylan, I feel like it would have been good to have had that conversation with Barry on your channel, for instance, and they would have been able to speak about the situation openly. Because if you've got nothing to hide, you're, yeah, of course I'll address that situation. Do you know where I'm coming from? So. Um, it would be, has, he, has he mentioned anything, Barry? Since then? No, I haven't seen Barry. I wasn't. I was in Vegas, okay. so 
next time I speak to Barry, I'm sure I'll exactly. ask him the same so question. Exactly, so that would be a good piece but of content about Dylan and Barry together. And yeah. ask Dylan, how did you feel about the situation? Because people say, why didn't Dylan say anything? Mm. I think he shouldn't have said anything there and then. He was there to talk about the fight at the press conference table. Then after you address Barry, say, can I have five minutes of your time so we can address that situation? Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and talk about it publicly. And that would have been a good way to do it. You know? Okay. Just finally, how's the YouTube channel going? Oh, well, like, comment, subscribe. Uh, you know what? It's good. YouTube is mainly about getting out a story, a message to the people inside a camp. Um, to be honest, I haven't done anything like this on my YouTube channel where I sit down and I have a conversation. It's more just about my lifestyle training, what I'm going through. There'll be one about the trip coming to New York, going to Florida to train. It's the first time. So it's about the behind the scenes type of stuff. Do you know what I mean? Like, you're not going to start doing on your YouTube channel documentaries about Coogan's lifestyle because that's not what your YouTube gets the views for. I know. So, <laughs> so my YouTube is not so much to sit down and do interviews. It's more to kind of show my lifestyle, what I'm up to and give some access behind the scenes. Mm. You know? How many subscribers have you got? You're catching. I wasn't worried about it a few weeks ago. Now I looked at it the other day and I was thinking, oh, fuck. <laughs> By the end of this fight, Bell would have got it up over our channel. So it's all right, listen. No, it's no, good, it's man. Good. It's it, good. Listen, it's good because like you said, you've got exclusive content that your team has access to more, like, round you all the time. So, so why not? So why not? It's, it's what I'm saying. And this is about building up the sport. That's what you have to do. This sport is about putting bums on seats and making sure that we're in good fights and people are aware of what's happening in the heavyweight division or the boxing division itself. You know what I mean? Okay, Anthony Joshua. Anything else that you want to touch on, Coops, before we bounce? No, we're good. I think it was a bit more of a diplomatic interview, this one, rather than it being a situation of banter and laughs right. and so on and so forth. Um, are you going out to camp now? Yeah, tomorrow. Tomorrow. So, Can you disclose where that is or not? Florida. Okay. I'm going to give uh, the old uh, haymaker a call, see if I can get on that yacht he was on. <laughs> do we'll do the training on the yacht. <laughs> yeah. That looked like the life, you know? That looked like the life, so I'll be out in Florida. You know what I'm saying? Okay, no problem. Uh, you got anything else you want to add before we finish? Anything else before I finish? I could go on. It's mainly just like what I use the sport for. The platform I use the sport for. Okay. Help, help people through sport and then I think this year I'm going to set up my own foundation and it won't be I don't think I'll do too much raising money I'll be independently funding my charity to give and help support people so yeah man that's my next project that's close to my heart but yeah through the platform of boxing is to do good I think no problem I will see you fight week which is May three no June the first but what are we on now but so roughly four weeks or four weeks yeah just under four weeks what do you think of Ruiz I rate Ruiz yeah yeah I think after all tees I think I like the Ruiz fight you know what's interesting with the fight is that do you, like it would take Ruiz to push me or to slap me to get people interested do you know what I mean like it took Miller me and him to go back and forth to get people interested and that's all people want to see now. That's what, that's what they want to see, right? Well, the hype side of it. Yeah, it's like nowadays people go viral, people do everything they can to get attention by doing stupid shit. So you've got to act stupid and a bit crazy to get the attention. So I think like 
me and Miller got the attention because it was like a bit of raw you, you and react, beef. You reacted to that, and we, we don't really see you react a lot to things. Do you know why? Because as I said, when I studied... That's Miller, not me calling you fake, by the way. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> hell. <laughs> Sorry, you got, me, you got me 5,000 followers, I'm all good. You, after. But <laughs> you, see, uh, you see with that Miller situation, I studied him. He's, he's, he wants to be a bully. He can't bully me. So that's where I was coming from. You know. But you didn't want to be sat there talking, giving winks to his mother I and did. things like that, did you? Yeah, I didn't. I didn't. It wasn't like Pulse, I just knew how I was going to come across when I seen Miller. Remember I seen Miller like when I was fighting Povetkin? in the build-up to the perfecting fight. Of course. Remember when I was in New York and we had him, yeah. so I knew what I was dealing with, so I've been watching him since then. So I got to know his character. I see how he was in the Gerald Washington press conferences when he's fighting Marius, fight Thomas Adam, how he fights when he's fighting um, African, like, or American. And anyone who's not of a Caucasian um, ethnicity, I think he feels inferior to. So I think, like, he felt the pressure when he saw me, when it's kind of stick it on me, because it's like that. I'm going to come and conquer you. Um, he knows what we've all been through as, as a people and he wants to kind of show that he's the macho one out of us. So I think that's why you have to step up to him and let him know that you're coming up against someone who is just like you. And that's, that's where that came from. That's why I dealt with Miller the way I did. Generally, just one more question. You yeah. can answer in the same thing. What do you, what's your thoughts on Dylan White's opponent coming up, Oscar Rivas, and also Tyson Fury's opponent coming up in Tom Schwartz? Tom Schwartz is a big guy. I think if it's a good preparation fight for, to fight someone like me, it's good. What is he, six foot six, seven? Big guy. 24 and 0. Yeah. 24 and 0, so he's a decent opponent. Um, he fought Wilder last, who's at the top of the crop. Now he's fighting someone else, you know, to get, that, get his eye in again. So he's a good preparation opponent for something big, so I hope that's in preparation for the likes of myself. Um, and Oscar Rivas fight. Um, he's not he's not one to overlook man. He's not a fighter to overlook. I think he come from the Cuban background, yeah? Come from a Cuban background. He's been around in the amateurs. I think he beat a few top amateurs as well in his day as well. And um, unfortunately, as you said, from a social media point of view and stuff like that, he may not be the biggest of fighters um, in terms of like publicity, but being famous and being popular don't win fights. Knowing how to fight and having heart wins fights. And, this is Oscar's chance, this is Schwartz's chance to prove to the world what they're about. But they're up against talented, solid fighters as well, so it should be a good night of boxing. Anthony Joshua, thank you very much for giving IFL TV quite a bit of your time, actually. How long? It was, I'm not going to say how many minutes it was meant 30 to be. minutes? 35. Your PR team delivered. I've only flown six hours here. It's crazy, right? That's that, what that take you to get back to London from here? Yeah, that. Six, six hours. hours. Yeah. So from New York to London, six hours. From Vegas to New York, six hours. Yeah. Shows how big Literally, you come here for one interview and I'm going on. Serious? Of course. Well, this interview, well, I should pay for the flight, shouldn't it? If I can get Andy Bell in an interview as well, that would have, that would make my money back up then. Everyone needs an Andy. <laughs> Everyone needs a Bell as well. Right. <laughs> Thank you very much to your PR team. No um, problem. We're the best in the business. Always helping. 258 uh, PR. What? Lovely. Big up to uh, Soapbox, who lost the other day at the BT Awards, but we won't go into that. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> June the 1st. Yes, sir. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to the IFL TV podcast, sponsored by William Hill, in association with Lonsdale MTK Global. 
Social Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.